0: Hello and welcome to this week's Liverpool Echo Everton podcast. No Phil Ride this week, but we have got Tony Scott, Dave Prentice and Ian Kroll. And we're going to talk David Moyes and his legacy. Obviously, the uh, moyes got sacked this week from Real Sociedad. And uh, the news was greeted with a bit of a mixed reaction on Merseyside. And we're going to talk about whether or not the you know Evertonians have a overall positive or maybe less so uh, thoughts on a manager who is whatever you think. Was certainly a qualified success during his eleven years on Merseyside. So we'll start with you, Prano, because you know I think you're very much in the in the school of thought that he he should be given respect. Really, I think a lot of
1: it seems to uh, depend upon uh, you know your age and what you recall happening at Goodison Park prior to David Moyes' arrival. Um, you know, if you remember from Joe Royal's departure, uh, for the next seven or eight years, Everson struggled badly. I think only once finished in the top half of the, of the Premier League. And it was a pretty mediocre, you know, ageing squad that the Moyes inherited at the end of the year 2001-02 season. So he turned that round dramatically, you know, finished seventh the following season. Now, totally except there were a couple of seasons in there that were were poor. I mean, the following campaign after that, um, Everton finished one place outside the relegation zone again needs to be put into perspective that uh, they got safe with seven games to go and I'm pretty much you know, put the flip-flops on and coasted through to the end of the season so maybe that you know league position looked worse than it was but from that point on there were a consistent number of you know sixth and seventh place finishers and uh, in an era when clubs like Manchester City Chelsea Manchester United you know were spent and Liverpool for that matter were spending phenomenal sums of money and he did manage to compete um, I accept that uh, he did like to portray Everton as you know a, a little club punching above their weight, punching above the status, which didn't go down well with some uh, fans. But it worked for Moyes. It allowed him to get the best out of the players at his disposal. He brought in some top-class players to Everton Football Club. He was very, very good at spotting uh, talent from lower divisions and talent that you know maybe hadn't been identified elsewhere and developing. And uh, transformed Everton from the football club it had been prior to his arrival to the club it was when he left. He gave Roberto Martinez an outstanding platform and which to build. Maybe David Moyes couldn't have taken the uh, the, the club any further. I, I suspect he couldn't. You know, he'd, I think he'd outlived his usefulness by this stage. Uh, he hadn't won a trophy. It didn't look like he was going to win a trophy. Roberto Martinez came in, inherited the other uh, platform that he did, and you know, seems pretty bullish and confident about ending that, uh, that trophy drought. We'll see. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm very much in the other camp that David Moyes was a force for good Everton football club. He'll never be regarded as a great Everton manager, because you've got to win something for that to happen. Uh, but, you know, compared to some of the managers that we've had in the last year you or know, so, 20, 25 years, I'd say definitely a uh, huge positive. Right, go on, boys, shoot me down in flames. <laughs> no, I... Well, I know what, I know one person is going to agree with you straight away,
0: <laughs> but before we go to uh, David Moyes Jr., a.k.a. <laughs> Tony Scott, Ian, what, what's your take on it?
2: Yeah, I mean it's hard to disagree with Dave there because I think I'm I'm 28 years of age now and all really I've known is uh, Joe Royal, Walter Smith, and David Moyes. Obviously, Joe Royal, you know he did he did win a trophy and he he did he did okay in his couple of seasons that he was at the club. Um, Walter Smith probably not so much, yeah. and then Moyes obviously turned around, turned around the failing yeah. club. Um, I think it was the right time to go for Moyes. Um, and I, for me as a fan, you know, we've had some fantastic times uh, with Under going abroad, going going to York and stuff like that. Um, unfortunately, you know, we just failed to make the, you know, the, to beat the top teams. Um, and I think it's both sides, positive and negative. He turned the club around, but that will be his ultimate failing, never to win a trophy. And it was just unfortunate. I just believe it was unfortunate. But so I, it was
3: unfortunate at the time because we hit. A Chelsea team that they we hit them in the FA Cup final where they just won the league that year. Do you know what I mean? It was yeah. just unfortunate. And it was a close game. It was two one. Do you know what I mean? It yeah, wasn't a
0: close game. Well, it,
3: but to get beat two one in a cup final is close when you considering the drubbing Some, some of the teams you have to remember
2: game. as well that Jagielka, Arteta and you. You Spani, your team gone. You <clears throat> excuse me, if you took Lampard, Terry, and Drogba all to that team, it's a fair it, point. Wouldn't have been yeah. any different um, but I think we did freeze on the day. We scored. Um, probably too early, first, <laughs> first minute, um, and then you know it was kind of a back to the wall. You know, we've got we've got it here, and then it was just just a case of really that we panicked. the, the same argument
1: can also be levelled at the uh, the the other massive you know down moments in his career, which was the semi final at Wembley yeah. against Liverpool. When you look at the starting lineup that had to play that day because of you know injuries and unavailability, Magai Gay started on the left-hand side and had an absolute mare.
0: He, just he picked went, him, but
3: he got he that did, place on the back of the yeah, semi-final, quarter-final. Quarter That's why quarter he got it, wasn't
1: it? Yeah, yeah. But no, there was. A, I can't remember who it was. And there was somebody unavailable, um, which is why Gay was you know, the first. Pino. Pino, yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, okay, you can point the finger at the manager and say that. Well, maybe he should be developing a squad that can help you know so overcome absences like that. Roberto Martinez has done that very, very well indeed. Uh, you know, the Everson squad now is arguably as strong as it's been in, in living memory. Um, but that was because he had a platform already there which he's been able to build on. Moyes didn't have that at the time. He had... Uh, an ancient squad. You know, he walked into that dressing room famously and saw David Ginola sat there. He saw him, Paul Gascoigne sat there. Mm. Kevin Campbell, who was long past his best, Duncan Ferguson. You know, he had players that you needed to, to move on very, very quickly. So, you know, he, he was building from a very low starting point. Um, pros and cons, I, I just think the bottom line is David Moyes did a really good job at Everton Football Club and it dismays me when you think he may come back and receive uh, a less than a positive response from the supporters uh, he got he obviously slaughtered when Manchester United came back last time because he tried to sign a couple of his former yeah, players.
0: It's what only Roberto
3: Martinez done at Wigan. Yeah.
0: yeah, but I think Roberto Martinez didn't come out and make potentially inflammatory comments about how he was, you know, it was the only way to improve the career. I'm paraphrasing, but when he was speaking about Marouane Fellaini and Baines...
3: Uh, but he was the Man United manager,
0: you know? He was the Man United manager thinking, like, so he's got to do everything in his power Hold on. to get them yeah. types of players? Well, yeah, I the agree, comments he came out with... I disagree, the comments he came out with were disrespectful to Everton, if you interpret them as they were, you know, it was as if he had, they had to leave Everton to progress their careers, now, that was very hypocritical, because only sort of 12 months earlier, he would have been saying that the grass isn't always greener. Yeah, I, can totally greener. Un- I
3: can totally understand that theory, but he had to do everything in his power to get that, that players, isn't Surely to go.
2: 11 years at a football club who have loved you so much, and you know we did love the fans back. And then to go and do that, it was so raw. It was like three or four months later. This wasn't as if it was like three or four years later where he could like like pick a player out and stuff like that. It was literally three or four months. So what the was the festival. difference
3: we Roberto Martinez when he joins Evan, He just literally ran away and Wigan.
0: Com- Martinez didn't come out and say. Come on! They've got to leave
3: publicly. So, one certain on. quote is the difference now. That's
0: well. This I think, had Moyes come in and bid for Baines and Fellaini without saying anything like that. It would have been a lot less angrily received than the fact that he did it and compounded what was happening by saying misjudged at best.
3: Quotes about. So, do you think the on. criticism that he gets from some Evertonians has just got to do with that quote? I think a lot of it
0: stems from that time, from the way he left and, and the, the perception that. He Sort of ran down his contract and he was giving Everton very mixed messages. It was, you know, whether or not he knew about United's interest in him towards the end of his deal and towards the end of that season or not, it was it left Everton in a bit I'm of limbo. I'm convinced he didn't.
1: I believe him totally on this. If you remember the reception he got at the West Ham game and his farewell, you know, he was absolutely, you know, royally waved yeah. away. You know,
0: he was uh, he was applauded. Yeah, I mean, Alex Ferguson so. in his book contradicts that,
1: yeah, by saying.
0: He, he talks about how he'd been round to see David Moyes before he was announced as manager, and you know he told him that he was going to be.
1: Oh yeah, well, the time the, scale was only like ten days. It was after the derby match. Yeah, it, it, was it, wasn't, the,
3: it was the nil nil. It, it wasn't like significantly <laughs> in advance. Yeah. It was
1: like ten days previously. He found out after that because I know he rang me to absolutely you know bore me. out over so something that our Liverpool correspondent had written, and I. Should have thought at the time, but I believe that he was doing that because he thought that was how Alex Ferguson would have responded in a similar circumstance. And he's basically, you know, sort of trying on the shoes, if you like, of the Manchester United manager. Yeah. But it was only like about a 10 day time scale. I don't think he'd been lined up like months in advance and was, you know, del- deliberately winding it down as a result. I just generally thought he'd seen his time through at Everton and he just thought, I'll see what offers come through from out there. Never for a second imagining a club like Manchester United have come in for him. He did fall on his feet there. But, um,
2: but do you think it was a ploy by Moyes to see if the board would know, provide extra funds? Yeah, I mean, a
1: lot of mind games were going on back then. I mean, uh, he, he was trying everything in his power to chisel more funds you know, so out of the board. And you know, to be fair to the board, they always gave him what was there. They never actually withheld anything back. Because uh, I think it was in was it January that year where he believed that if Everson could have found the money to bring in a striker... I think it was Lucina He was looking at. I'm not so sure mm-hmm. that would have taken Everton into <laughs> the top four. But you know, he believed that if they could have got that strike, Everton could have made the top four because those funds couldn't be found. Uh, I did. You did. You know, sort of grumble. The board weren't happy down. with that assertion and no, supportage of it, they? Really. Absolutely. But yeah, I think you know that that was mind games that went on. You know, so religiously throughout throughout the entire time at the football club. I think it happens at a lot of football clubs.
3: I just feel the criticism that he has taken this week is really, really unfair. And we'll look at his tenure at Everton in years and years to come, and you look at it and you go, what an unbelievable job he's done in that day and oh, age. Yeah, it's, it's just it's incredible. The players that he brought to Everton, the, the places you Now, Everton were expected to top six, top seven. Every, every puns it had at the start of the season, Everton top six, top seven. Now you're looking at Everton in a different perspective. You're going, they could finish anything from 13th to 15th. Where you, you could lay like, your hat on ever most years under David Moyes. I grew up on, as you said before, in, on the team relegation dogfights every single season, hoping just to stay in the league. That that was what that, I went to watch. Goodison as that. So when somebody comes in and totally transforms the football club, get, gets you to gets you to Wembley, and gives you European tours and to Nuremberg, trips to Florence, and everything, it was it was it was fantastic. And we, it, was, it was a brilliant time to be an Evertonian. I just think Evertonians have got really, really short memories from what this man's done for the Everton Football Club. And if it wasn't for him, there'd be a Sheffield Wednesday or a Bolton right now right in that championship, just taking the place. That's what it'd be.
2: I agree. I just think a lot of the animosity stems from the fact that what he said after he left the club, it's like what Dave said um, just a minute ago, like that response that he got at the West Ham game, second to last game of the season, you know, everyone i saw people in tears. They were singing his name. Mm. He was already... Agreed to go to Man United, and there was no animosity whatsoever. It, I think it stems from the fact that what he said when he was the United manager. Now, this twenty-eight million um, fee for Baines and Fellaini, Moyes well, never came up with that. That was obviously the Man United board, but he obviously knows what the ins and outs of, of things, and obviously what Greg said before about the uh, you know the quotes or the paraphrasing. It, he did. He did. You know. He did say. It was It was very disrespectful, and I just think no one. Can criticize more for what he did for mm. our okay, club. he didn't win a trophy, like we know that. But he basically pulled us from a team that was, you know, on its way down. Basically.
0: See what's interesting as well, Preno. In w- when we initially started talking, mentioned Man City. You could almost hang your hat on Everton beating Man City under Moyes, yeah, and that was under under the era of Sheikh Mansour yeah, and sure. and the billions of of money that uh, Etihad have poured into their project uh, along the M62. That era when Everton can seemingly really defy the odds, well, it's it's wrong to say it's come to an end because you know Martinez took Everton and made history by beating United at Old Trafford. But certainly, the ability to consistently do that, especially against sides like Man City, Mm. seems to have ended.
1: I think there were just some clubs that Moyes figured out. Manchester City being one, uh, he, he always managed to set his team up to do well against City. And I think subsequently, was it Mancini? He said that they did Wednesday Everton to a certain degree whenever they went to Goodison Park. But Swansea bizarrely was another one where you know they always beat Swansea City. He just he seemed to have certain setups that he could you uh, could figure out and he could you uh, could do well against. On the uh, flip side of that, there were some that you could never, you know, sort of work out. Liverpool being, you know, sort of, you know, the main in point. I mean, I know there were a couple of derby victories in there, but not as many as have liked. So, yeah.
3: hypothetical question here: Ian, if David Moyes was in charge of this couldn't group of Everton players, would he have them in a higher league position?
2: Such a hard question to answer because I'm going to stick. I like Martinez. I'm going to stick with them. No, it's, we're, not we're, just, it's not I, to say. No, no. i want to
3: say, if he was in charge of this current group of Everton players, what well, I feel is if they're underachieving I'll at tell the you moment. Everton.
2: We probably concede less goals. Well, it is an interesting one.
1: Would you enjoy the football you're watching more if it was David Moyes taking charge of this current exactly group of players? Exactly. Because. Martinez, okay, the school of science, it's on its way back, but mm. it is. It's a very patient, it's a very precise passing game that is an acquired taste for some supporters, whereas Moyes was very much of the get it into the final third quickly and then play football up there. Now that sounds like, you know, a Sam Aladdin's Route 1 school. It wasn't. You remember the tail end of that season where he left? I mean, that West Ham performance, West Ham. it was only 2-0. But it was outstanding football I think day. the Morales yeah, goal, the Morales goal yeah. was something else, yeah. I think he finally, you know, developed it to a degree whereby you could get the ball forward and you could play, you know, some really good football. And it reached its peak then, the time he left. Roberto came in, changed it all around dramatically. And I remember the complaints at the start of the following season about the yeah. style of the football. God, there were fans I knew in the main stand being were going for 40-odd, 50-odd years They were throwing season tickets away because it was so dull. Obviously, I think Roberto has held his hand up himself since then and said that maybe it did need to be tweaked a little bit and, you know, sort of tempered a little bit. And it has been subsequently. But the football that you often saw in the Moyes was, was exciting to watch. You know, sometimes it, was, it was, you know, resulted in fairly horrendous defeats. But, yeah. you know, the, it was always a decent, you know, exciting what, style of football to watch. What I
3: feel in under David Moyes is that the ground was all as one and it, the atmosphere was a lot better, and it was an up and Adam style of Everton. I know it's totally different to Roberto Martins, but I think the style of play between the two managers, that, that changes the total atmosphere for me. Under Roberto Martins, it's possession style, passing ever has to go back, where it wasn't the case, and fans become frustrated with that type of style of play. That's what I'm trying to say under David Moyes. I think, me, just my opinion, the Everton players under Roberto right now, currently, they're underachieving I think I
0: think there's a degree to which there's some roasting the specs from what you're saying there because I remember a home to Tottenham when Moyes brings on a defender when the game's still on the balance. I remember other moments where, where Moyes during his tenure wasn't always uh, the purveyor of vintage champagne football. I mean, at times when Everton could be very, very functional. Now, yeah, they did develop that by the end. But for Moyes, that's, you're judging that over an 11-year period, Martinez. Significantly less so. The proof will be in the pudding for him. Yeah. I agree that sometimes watching Martinez's team at the moment is nowhere near as as watching the final phase of Moises football. Yeah. However, the manager, current manager believes that the only way to become a team that can consistent, consistently challenge for real honours is by playing this style of football. Now, whether or not he's correcting that, we'll have to wait and see. But you've
3: got to get results along with it, Greg.
0: You've got to get results. And, and you know, he finished fifth in his first season. It was disappointing last season, to say the least, and we'll see what this season brings. But if you look at the pattern of Moises' first couple of seasons, it's not a million miles off. Yeah, sure. We were in a predicament good. where
3: he wasn't left with that squad that Roberto Martis had been left with. Him. I, th- I think
1: the biggest tragedy of Moises' era was the the Champions League draw in 2005. You know, to actually qualify, you know, to, to break that top four mm. you know, uh, glass ceiling, which he did, you know, fairly quickly after arriving. And then, you know, to celebrating actually reaching the Champions League and then to draw a team that actually made the semi finals that year, yeah. a really good Villarreal team. And, you know, not come too far away from beating them as well. Look, okay, their home <laughs> performance wasn't great, but, you know, to go over there and then we'll know what happened. We don't need to go into it again. Uh, but, you know, if Everton could have qualified for the Champions League proper that season, who knows, you know, so what could have been done. But they didn't. If Watson maybes. Yeah.
2: In all honesty, do you think if we did qualify for the Champions League, it would have propelled Everton onto another level? You don't know, but it would have generated
1: a significant sum of money uh, just in that one season alone. You know, yeah. which could have been another player, another two players, and you know, top quality players. And then who knows? whether the would have been the man to have, you know, to have done that. His transfer record wasn't bad. You know, when you look back on it, yeah. so you know, quite, quite possibly. But we'll never know, thanks to that
3: yeah. individual. <laughs> so what do you think if he ever comes back to Goodison, in like in any capacity? Do you think he'll get a good reception?
2: I think he will, and I hope he does. People I think s- he
3: will. People
1: change. You look at you know the reception when Rooney really used to yeah. get to what he gets yeah. now. You know, so I think fans can bury their hatches about you know for most m- most you know so former employees, not not all obviously. Um I'd like to think that you know the the, the crimes and in inverted commas that David Moyes committed are, are far outweighed by the good he did for the club, and that would be appreciated in time.
3: Just one point I'm going to briefly make. You two guys know well, more than me. Is that do you think the media tends because when Roberto comes across to yourselves? as well as David Moyes do. Do you think that changes the complexion of things? They've certainly got very different ways of dealing with
0: the media. Um, uh, you know, Preno's experience will be different from mine. Everyone individually, as journalists, have different relationships with managers. Certainly, on a personal level, I find it, it could be difficult to deal with Moyes, but he was always very honest and upfront. Um, often he wouldn't say much, uh, or if, if he would, he'd be quite blunt. Now, that's there was also a lot of, as Preno kind of, Um, suggested earlier he would try and use the media to try and and his aim was always to get the best for the football club he would try and get his message out there and often the message would be that you know he didn't have much money he wasn't getting that many funds and you can argue whether that was uh, you know perpetuating the Moyes myth if you like the brand of Moyes as someone who Mm. could consistently punch above his weight it's not a phrase I particularly like anymore I remember Martin Samuels wrote a piece where Everton would pound for pound or you know the best team in the Premier League and so on and so forth. But being pound for pound the best team doesn't really mean much when you don't win a trophy or, do, or achieve anything tangible other than that top-four finish in 11 years. Martinez, a different kettle of fish, a lot more kind of garrulous and media-savvy and you know, will-speak ad items to the media. But that brings its own kind of challenges, and some fans, I'm sure, kind of occasionally feel a little bit kind of roll their eyes, wary when they read very similar cliches if you like which are which are often trotted out by the current manager so it's very different uh, it's it's almost as different as their two styles of play if you like but uh, I just think that at the moment it's too early to judge Martinez in comparison to Moyes
1: hmm. I, I always loved David Moise's honesty as you say there I mean uh, there aren't many managers that you can uh, say have never told you an outright lie you know so, or tried to mislead you David Moyes was definitely one of them. He never ever told you a lie. If he couldn't mm-hmm. tell you anything. He just wouldn't tell you, uh, but he'd never try and mislead you. You know, like a significant number of other ma- managers, including the current Everton manager, have done. Samuel Letha wasn't arriving 24 hours before. He no, did, Suddenly he did. Uh, Moyes is always 100% upfront like that, and uh, I think that that counts for an awful lot. Um, even in his post-match dealings, okay, he was he was blunt. He was a little bit, you know, some miserable at times, but he was always, you know, upfront and honest. I mean. There's been a number of occasions this season when Everton players have dived. You know, so yeah. Gerard Delph has done it a few times this mm-hmm. season, and Roberto has not taken them to task. You know, he's been asked about it, and he's like shied away from it. Really, he doesn't want to criticise his players. Moyes would always jump straight in. Phil Neville bizarrely did yeah, it. I yeah. imagine yeah. It was like taken to task by Moyes afterwards. So I think things like that just give the football club, you know, a, a good uh, a good reputation, you know, amongst other groups of fans and mm. you know, so you know the, the media at, at large. Different personalities, you know, uh, like you say, Greg, you know, people have different ways of dealing with them. So you I could say that Martinez doesn't want to <laughs> hang his players out to
0: dry and doesn't want to, you know, make that st- because he might deal with it behind closed doors, but sure. he doesn't want to criticize his players in public. It's like Prano says. It depends which way you look at it. I, I think that's one of the
2: things the fans appreciated about lot more. Is on his honesty and sometimes when Martinez comes out and Everton have had a bad game and he says like, the usual stuff that he says. It's just regurgitated. It could be the same yeah. Uh, yeah. interview or press conference all the time, and I've got got Everton fans, Everton friends, who are uh, Everton fans, and they just I can't listen to him anymore because mm. it's just the same thing all the time, and you know that is, that is a negative for him because he should just come out and say Everton were poor today. Um, this is where we went wrong, we're going to work on it, let's move on. And that's exactly what Moyes would usually do. It's a little boy of Christ wolf, isn't
1: it? If you keep trotting out the words, phenomenal mm. and unique yeah. and pristine time after time, people start, they lose their value, you know, mm. people start, stop listening, really.
0: It's interesting how you can't talk about David Moyes' legacy without invariably talking about Martinez. It's, it's because they obviously was his successor. It's, in a way, you know, Martinez, an un- unenviable task, because it just shows you maybe... With the points of this podcast, what David Moyes did achieve yeah. and what what he did mean to Everton fans Certainly. in the long run, I think you're right. He will be judged as a, a successful in terms
1: uh, Everton manager.
0: He, he brought the club
1: stability, which it had desperately lacked for a long, long time. I mean, again, a personal viewpoint was that uh, you know the, the start of Everton's you know problems in inverted commas came when, when David when Joe Royal uh, was allowed to leave the club and Peter Johnson bizarrely lost faith in him uh, halfway through the 96 97 season and you mutually consented him and then waited and waited and couldn't get the world class manager he promised and ended up having to go back to Sheffield United for Howard Kendall as the, you know, the one p- person that would come back to the club that was almost a disaster you know so not quite mm. uh, and then Walter Smith you know you uh, brought him from Sheffield Wednesday again it was you know a fairly mediocre time you know in the club's mm. tri- you know uh, fortunes uh, there was turbulence off the field, you know, the various takeovers and what have you. Uh, it was a fairly, you know, well not, not dreadful time, but a, a, very, a time of great turbulence at Everton Football Club. And Moise uh, came in as a you know, sort of bright young firebrand that initially you know, emboldened uh, the place. But by the time he spent at the football club, just brought it stability and, you know, and gave it consistency and allowed a football club to develop that stopped fighting at the bottom end of the uh, Premier League and started achieving top-half finishes and started achieving regular European finishes and ultimately he wasn't good enough to win, a to win a trophy but he did leave a platform which has given his successor the opportunity to possibly do that and uh, if Roberto Martinez does bring silverware to Everton I'm sure he would pay some kind of nod towards the, uh, you know, the, the, the legacy that he inherited
2: If Martinez doesn't win a trophy within his reign well however long that may be Think it'd be deemed as a success or failure? What Moyes well and are always going to be intertwined, no matter what. D- it depends
1: it. on circumstances, doesn't it? What happens in that time? Does he get to a cup final? Does he get to a league cup semi final? Mm. Does he have a number of European, you know, forays and you near know, runs in Europe? If he does, well, maybe you can compare them in the same way. At the moment, we've had one very, very unfortunate near miss. You know, a record Premier League points tally for the club. It still wasn't enough to get Champions League football, mm. but you know, produced some you know notable high points during that season, and. Uh, Still in the League Cup Let's uh, <laughs> not to be obvious about that With <laughs> a are. championship side to come
0: <laughs> Certainly are. well thanks for, very much for listening to a, a lively debate I'm sure you'll all have your own take on Moyes and his legacy uh, Keep in touch and listen to the next podcast Which will be out early part next week, thanks Wie had dat gedacht? Van shoppen in Milaan, naar achter de koopjes aan <laughs> Gelukkig heeft
3: Telford Smart Packers Niet het laatste modeltelefoon, maar wel de beste prijs <laughs> Dus toch
2: genieten? Geniet ook zonder te veel te betalen met Telfort SmartPakkers. Zoals de Samsung Galaxy S7 met 1 giga en 150 minuten. Nu voor maar 26,50 euro per maand. Doe hier voordeel mee. Telfort. Let op. Geld lenen kost geld.